You're listening to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast, where we aim to simplify online business so you can make more money. Now, here's your host, Derek Gale. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast. This is your host, Derek Gale. And uh, today's guest is someone that has an absolute massive wealth of knowledge on media buying online. And uh, it's an interview I've been looking forward to because this is an area I see most people, to be honest, screw it up horribly and uh, lose out on a lot of money, but also on a lot of, I think, a lot of lost opportunity. And the fact is, is if you want to grow a business reliably scale, scale it up reliably, uh, you need to know how to to buy media. And uh, so today I get to pick the brain of Mike Hill, who is a media buyer extraordinaire spending, I believe, over a million bucks a month in media. Uh, he's also the founder of a very massive Facebook group called the Internet Marketing Super Friends. And uh, even if the name is a little corny, I think there's a story behind that and maybe he'll tell that. So uh, once again, Mike, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate the uh, the invitation and for you letting me be here. Just for clarification, we're actually down to about half a million a month in media spend because we've been eliminating all of our clients. So. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> I want to make sure I'm, I, one thing you'll get from me always is like a little bit too much truth. <laughs> well, dude, dude, a, a half million solid. So I, I think we can still go forward with the interview. Um, cool, cool. Right. Now, now, before we get into the to the sort of the how to, you've been you've been online, God, I think, as long as I have. And uh, give us give us the story. How did you know, before we get into this media buying stuff, how did you get online and eventually become this this authority on buying media and advertising? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I've actually, I've been on, I think a little bit less than, I've been on about 16 years now. Um, I was on unemployment, uh, living in a barn in the mountains, and uh, my employment, unemployment was about to run out, and I thought, man, I better get a job. <laughs> so I looked in the paper, and, uh, and, uh, and I thought, and I saw this ad for a receptionist for what's called an internet company. Now, mind you, this is back in 1999. So back then, I'm like, "Ooh, internet company! This is going to be like I'm going to work on a dating service or something." <laughs> I looked up the company, and uh, and it come to find out, these guys are like super connected. And uh, and I thought, man, I, I got to go work for this company. So I applied. I, I got an interview. Uh, working for a company called Adnet International that had just moved to Chico, where I was living at the time. Mm-hmm. And I went in and started as their receptionist for $6 an hour. Uh, and I said, look, I'll be a receptionist, but just within a within a year, I'm going to be running this company. They kind of chuckled and laughed and said, we like your balls, kid. <laughs> You're hired. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, within a year, I was vice president. Within um, two years, I had kind of outgrown my my mentors and and had started becoming a uh, a mercenary for for hire for uh, conversion and and traffic tactics, and I've been doing that for over you know, about fourteen years now. Well, you know, and I I remember the name Adnet. Um, yeah, from back back in the day. And I don't know whatever happened to him, but that, that name rings a bell. So, okay, so you left AdNet and you started – so people started hiring you to buy media for them and right. conversion specialist. And and uh, now you run your own agency? 
Yeah, I've been running my agency for a number of years now, probably you know, close to 10 years or so. Um, what I found out was that uh, I was originally hired by these people to increase the conversion of their websites. Mm-hmm. And then once I increased their conversion, they didn't really know how to buy traffic. And when I tried to explain it to them, their heads just kind of spun around. So they're like, why don't you just buy it for me? So sure, I'll start an agency. <laughs> <Ta-da>. <laughs> so we just started buying. Yeah, ta-da. So we just started buying traffic for them, and uh, and lo and behold, uh, we were really good at that too. So <laughs> so we're like, okay, man, this is this is working out all over the place. Uh, so we've been buying traffic uh, right away. It actually really started out with a guy named Carlos Garcia, who was the first person to hire me after I had left uh, AdNet uh, back in two. 2000, I think, or 2001, yep. and uh, he hired me to help him increase the conversion on one of his websites. It worked out so well that it, his business exploded into the multi-millions of dollars per month, and then that's when I started looking at me by buying traffic for more people like this, and uh, and then it literally it's just gone from person to person to person, and kind of like this you know underground handshake thing where like, oh, you need somebody? You got to go talk to Mike, and then before you know it, there's another person at the door and another person at the door, and they just came to co- seem to come at the right time all the time. Wow. Now, it's interesting. You keep saying, you know, we're talking about media buying, but you keep saying conversion mm-hmm. as well. So right. um, now those two go hand in hand, obviously. Um, so when you're working with a client and they say, hey, yes. I want to buy media, if you see a conversion, like if you see their page or you see their offer and you know it's not going to work – What's your message to them? Uh, <laughs> how, how do you break depends. that to there's, them? Well, there's well, the the direct answer is very frankly. There's the only the only way to be in this life is 100% curt, and especially in business, to be completely candid with your uh, with your clients and your customers and your friends. Say, look, that page sucks. Here's the six things that need to change on it and why they need to change. You probably experienced this. You probably experienced that. And here's where you're most likely having problems based on my level of experience. And it's a very difficult conversation for most people to voice. Mm -hmm. But here's what ends up happening each and every single time. The client says, shit, I knew that. I was telling you guys. (laughs) And I become the savior because I'm the only one who's got the balls to say, this is stupid. What are you doing? And, And then eventually what happens is they pay me a boatload of money. Uh, to go in and and do that across the board and be like, look, this page sucks, this page sucks, this page sucks, and who told you to do that? And like, oh, I heard it on a on a webinar one time with this one guy who swore we were going to make a million dollars. I'm like, well, stop, you know, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you know, and, and that's I respect that, Mike, because I've worked with media buyers and I've hired media buyers yeah. in the past, and uh, in 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 most instances, they won't even they don't care where you drive the traffic to. They're very short-sighted. Right. They're like, yeah, we'll send you, we'll buy, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll send you traffic. You can buy traffic, but it's up to you where you send it. So the, uh, I, and, and when you say conversion, like I would love to go down this road with you because I think, um, mm-hmm. God, I mean, the amount of landing pages, the amount of offers that you've, you've probably had experience with is huge. So I know there's a lot we could, uh, we could glean from you there. Uh, but let, let's, okay, so let's step over to media. Now here's, let's start at the sure. beginning because right now, Let's talk about the average person. You know, they start up their website, they head out to whether it's AdWords or they head out to Facebook or or wherever. Uh, they spend a few hundred bucks. You know, on a, you know they put together a banner, or whatever, an ad. Spend a few hundred bucks. They see pitiful results, uh, and then they give up. Now, 
why do you succeed at paid advertising when let's generously say 98% of people fail at it? You know, let's, let's go down this rabbit hole. What are you doing differently? Um, okay, so uh, there's, there's two answers to that. The first one is the politically correct answer, and the other one's the non politically correct oh. answer. Let's start with the okay, all let's right, start fine. With the PC okay. answer, right? Okay, PC, here we go. Okay, so the PC <laughs> answer is I have the experience to know what details I need to pay attention to and how I can, un- how I can use those details to be able to refine my media buy. So you just said, you said what you said and you said it perfectly was they'll start out and they'll fail miserably. I don't ever see a media buy as a failure. What I see it as is an education. I look at that and I say, okay, I spent a hundred dollars. What did I learn from that one hundred dollars? Well before I could spend the one hundred dollars I had to make sure that I had all the pieces in place to be sure that I could learn uh, something from that one hundred dollar spend so that when it came time for me to spend a hundred again Instead of spending it on the 10 keywords that I chose, I'm now going to spend it on the individualized keyword or the data pass through of the person's uh, demographic data if I'm using Facebook uh, or the interests or the age or any of those things so that I can get some actual real insights. Am I conducting customer surveys? You know, what, what, am I, what data am I gleaning from that $100 spend that will make my next $100 spend not make back, let's say you lost all of it. Instead of losing all of my money, all I would need to do is make one sale if it was a $100 product or a $10 product with a 10% back-end conversion to a, you know, an upsell offer or whatever it is. The, the key to succeeding in media buying is data-driven. And I know, based on my experiences, what data points I should be looking at. That's the politically correct answer. The not politically correct answer, most people are too damn lazy to take the time to spend a little bit of investment in trying to set it up right so they can track everything correctly. And that laziness is why they don't succeed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, <laughs> dude, that is so true. So, so true. Um, okay. So now I, I've been taking notes here as you've been talking and mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about details. Okay. So you said, you know what details to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. So when you're setting up a campaign, what are the details that you're looking at? All of them. <laughs> so, yeah, but like, like literally, I use. Uh, but, but here's a here's a good. Uh, uh, so, if you if you um, like, there's an orchestra, right? And there's all of these people playing in the orchestra, and it sounds fantastic. If you take away one section of the orchestra, you lose the entire value of the orchestra. I mean, still, it'll sound okay, yeah. but it's not the same beautiful, rich sound that you had when you had all of the members playing in concert together when everything was humming in harmony, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the same applies to media. So what am I looking at? I use – most people ask me, what do you use for tracking? Are you using you know, this offer or using you know, tracking 202 or what are you using for your media buys? My answer is I use KISS metrics. Mm-hmm. Why do I use KISS metrics? Because it will collect every single data point that is taking place at the consumer level in addition to what's called properties and values for each event point. So I track, number one, what was my conversion ratio from page to page to page of the process? What was my conversion ratio of page to page to page of the process via each of my uh, variables based on their age, based on their gender, based off their mobile device, based off of their 
proprietary data, whatever proprietary data I'm passing through in one of my funnels right now, are they married or not? What is their exact age? My conversion ratio by age, by exact age. I know that my 54-year-olds convert better than my 52-year-olds. Why? I have no idea. Am wow. I hitting statistically significant data points, which means do I have enough of a data sampling to confirm that this is actually true? Yeah. It's just for some reason 54-year-olds convert better than 52-year-olds. Now, don't don't go buy 54-year-olds. This is for me. <laughs> this is for that page, you know, and this is for that process. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so – did you have ahead, some, Oh, don't did you have something else there? No, I was just going to say so when you ask me what data points I track, I track them all and then I look at all of those data points and how they affect the overall page to page conversion and both short and long term value per customer. Okay. And so I mean that, that that's that's the answer all of them. Um, now for the average person getting started out, what is all of them? What like give give me some some specifics here from if I was going to start a campaign um, on Facebook, you know, driving traffic to uh, you know a landing page um, for oh I don't know let's 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 pick a a new fitness product, and we were doing this in North America. We had some great offer, uh, and we start buying traffic for it. What are the points that your, let me take a step back. I'm trying to break this. So where I'm going, Mike, is I'm trying to break this yeah, okay. down, down so that somebody who it, it, isn't at your level with media buying goes, ah, okay, I get it. So step one, I'm going to do X, right? Okay. Here, so step one, you identify every single key touch point for you and the customer, right? Mm-hmm. So number one, where, where will the customer end up experiencing me, right? So most people think, oh, well, it's the landing page. Well, no, there's more than the landing page. There's your landing page. There's your home page. There's potentially your about page. There's potentially your, your terms and conditions. Now, I'm going deeper to explain all those, but those you don't need to track all of those. Um, I'm letting you know that all of those matter to yeah. the customer and matter to you. So we track and, and measure specifically if you're just getting started at least the landing page and the home page mm-hmm. and at least every other subsequent interior page of the process meaning uh if you have a landing page that has an opt-in how many people opted in uh how many people uh made it to each of the interior pages you know if, they, if there's a one-time offer after the opt-in or what what is a ryan calls them um Tripwire. Tripwires, yeah. If there's a tripwire offered, how many people took the tripwire offer? We actually break things down into the the events. We call those events. So let me just stick with KISS uh, terminology for everybody because I think it'll make it easier. Those are events that took place. Somebody did something. Mm-hmm. That event is they landed on the landing page. The next event is they landed on the page after the opt-in. And then I look at the conversion ratio of, the, of those two events by each property in value, what properties and values you record is completely up to whether what you're passing through from your media buy and what you're able to know about your customer. So um, if you're doing the Ryan Levesque style survey opt-in, you can end up passing into your analytics system, are they married or single? What is their age? What is their age range? 
What device are they on? My iPhone conversion, I'm looking at a dashboard right now. My iPhone conversion rate this week on this dashboard is 1.72% conversion rate. My Android is 0.42%. My iPad is 5%. My married conversion rate is 3.1%. And my uh, divorce conversion ratio is 4.5%. So who am I going to go buy? I'm going to go buy divorced people on iPads. Wow. Right? Yeah. Now, how much more money am I going to make next week than I did this week when I spent my my $100? Now I go, okay, Facebook, target me married people on iPads. Now, instead of – and if and if I did not know that, I might have ended up with the majority of Android traffic because I'm not buying with intelligence. They gave me all the leftover crap, which, you know, frankly speaking, is the, you know, the Android visitor. He's got the low, least value. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So <clears> – <throat> We're looking at every single, I, 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 well, I mean, it's all in the details, right? So effectively, yes. you're setting up a system. So I'm just trying to summarize this for everybody that's listening. You're setting up a system where you start off, if you're starting off fresh, you're going to say, okay, here's, here's who I think my customer is. Then you're going to be setting up uh, an ad to reach those customers that's going to bring them to a landing page that's congruent with the reason they thought they were coming there. And then you're using Kissmetrics to effectively track every move that they make on that page. But this this is where you win. Most people are effectively tracking visitor came to page and... Out of those visitors, here's how many took an action. They're not yes. They're not ever drilling down into that finite detail th- of who these people really are. And, and that's what's so cool today about yep. – um, let's take Facebook, for example. I mean, now that you know that, uh, you know, divorced people on iPads are your buyer <laughs> – your ability to go out and target divorced people on iPads is there. So, yeah. uh, you know, that it's, it's if, sick, huh? It, I, <laughs> it, it really is. And that's what I'm trying to, trying to drive home to people t- t- today that are, that are just getting into this, that are going out there and saying, hey, you know, I, I want to target moms. And I put an ad up to moms and they drove them to my page and some of them opted in, but I don't really know why. And I, all the detail is there and all the tools are there as well. Now, let's talk a little second. Kiss metrics versus, say, Google Analytics. Um, Night and day? Yeah, here's my answer to that. (laughs) Yeah, I thought... thought, Yeah, I... Yeah, right? I mean, Google Analytics does not allow for PII-level data to be passed through. What that means is personally identifiable information. Kissmetrics' entire core is based on PII. If you're only spending $100, every single person counts, including your screw-up or your family and everybody else that you sent there. You're going through your data and going, oh, well, look, it looks like everybody in in this uh, demographic is converting because according to Google Insights, that's what's converting. Well, you forgot that 60% of your traffic was you and your friends looking at your page. Stop. You can't do that. You have to exclude all those people. So the only way you can do that is to look at things from a PII level basis and go, hey, you know what? I need to exclude everybody that did that had this value in what's called the query stream because all of my testing traffic we sent using this value. So now I can be like, okay, I don't want to include that. I only want to include you know, this, which is everybody else. Yeah. Um, and Google Analytics, well, it does give you very pretty 
uh, canned reports. Mm -hmm. Success in media buying isn't about canned reports. It's about customization. And that's why I told you a moment ago, don't go buying divorced uh, women on iPads because that's what works for this funnel. It's not what works for every funnel. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. For sure, for sure. Okay, so so j- just to summarize where we've been going here and, w- and what we've been, you know, uh, first of all, one of the key things that I want to point out that you said, and this is this is a big lesson for everybody, is when you buy media and it doesn't convert, it's not a failure, it's a lesson, and and yep. and and that's so so key because again, people buy media and go, it didn't work and they just throw their hands up and away they go. When is, you know, they might be one tweak away from a break even or a profitable campaign. Um, then next thing to summarize here, definitely it's about tracking all of those details and, and, don't be lazy, which is I love your your non politically correct answer because that's it. People are freaking lazy and they're not yeah. taking the time to truly truly understand uh, what is going on when all that technology exists um, and is there. Now, here's a question for you. So you've you've had experience with tons of campaigns across tons of different industry. Now. Uh, there's an expectation, I think, for a lot of people starting off that they're going to buy media profitably. And what I mean by that <laughs> is, is is to to put up an ad and and see money go back into their pocket um, on the first sale. Now, in your experience, how many people are able are, are people are there a lot of people that are buying media today profitably uh, off the, you know, within the first transaction or is it more of a lifetime value? Okay. So are there people doing it? Yes. So those of you who were looking for the flaw in the conversation, yes, there are people who do it, who can make it profitable at the beginning. And those are the people who will make claims and sell you products and where you should buy their shiny crap. Um, so yes, it can be done, and a lot of people will do it just for the sake of selling other products. And there are those who can do it, and that, those are called direct marketing companies. Um, and I guess to say and, but let's just say but. But the majority of professional media buyers understand one thing: customer acquisition cost is how much it costs you to acquire a customer. Right? Mm-hmm. That customer. Their value um, should be measured in LTV, not DTV, which is lifetime value, not daytime value or what happened today. Mm -hmm. Our most successful clients understand that customer value will come in for a period equally for four months. You keep just generating crazy revenue from these customers for four months, prospects who turn into customers, that is. don't try and circumvent the consumer research cycle. It's like suggesting that you could walk into a bar and walk out that night with a bride. That's asinine. Yeah. You can't do that. If you want to get married to someone and you want to forge a real relationship, it's going to take time. You can do things to circumvent that time frame a little bit, but it's still going to exist. So most people have a, what's called a long tail funnel where they'll be able to go in and they have autoresponders set up. They have all these things set up for the, for the future income that will come from that customer. And we know uh, with all of our campaigns, 
that it's still that same four-month window, right? We'll keep getting value and value and value from every email. Even if that person doesn't buy from us, they'll end up buying something from someone that we introduce them to who we feel benefits them and is a good consumer experience so that we it doesn't tarnish our relationship with that person, mm-hmm. but they'll still deliver value over and over time. So I would guess it's probably day zero companies versus uh, you know LTV companies. It's probably like, well, five years ago it was probably 50-50. Now it's probably 90-10. 90% of good buyers buy knowing what their lifetime customer value is worth and they're playing a longer term game. You know, There's maybe yeah. 10% out there that are, that are like actually making profit at day zero. And it's probably a lot less than that. That's just in my universe. I'm sure that the brand aid companies all know quite well you know, they've got the Disney play going. They're playing the fifty-year game, not the you know the one-year game. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, and I agree with that. You know, my experience in media buying outside of the IM world has always been yeah. a. Um, I mean, even if you break even on that first transaction, you're high fiving. Um, but the money's to be made over the lifetime, and and I think that's a real shift for a lot of people that are new to media buying to understand. And, and to be dead honest, a lot of the offers that I have seen that are converting profitably on the front end are not offers that would pass the scrutiny of maybe the FTC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Point. <laughs> to the devil so you can convert and piss everyone else off in the process yeah exactly and i mean you know and in, in, in so many cases that's why you know i've been so disenchanted in, with you know the cpa world um in and so much of what i've seen there and what goes on there is just uh it, it's tough um because you the co- networks pardon me Meaning the CPA networks? Yeah, the CPA networks. And, you know, oh. I mean, in, in many in many cases, if you want to play in there, it's almost hard to play uh, the legitimate game because you're competing against the guys buying the traffic who are doing it illegitimately. So it's it's a uh, sure. yeah, it's it's an interesting um it's an interesting place, that whole CPA world. And uh, I mean, are you doing anything in the CPA space? Hell no. Well, here's the thing. I wrote, I literally created a course called CPA Tsunami so that yeah. people could get in and fill the CPA networks with good, ethical, promising offers. The problem is there wasn't enough of us. And yeah. a lot of people who bought the course are like, man, I could do that. And that, what if I just take and make this little tiny tweak to what Mike said, and then we can make twice as much money. And those kind of people unfortunately perpetuate the the network world so i don't recommend anyone go into the cpa world anymore yeah and and i would tend to uh i would tend to back you up on that because what i've seen there has been just um horrific right and uh so okay so today let's talk about sources uh you know places to buy media you know i mean we've got um I, facebook and you know you've still got ppc where are you spending most of your time uh, you don't need to w- go any further than three publishers: Facebook, uh, Google, yeah, and the Google, of course, Google Display Network being a subset of Google, uh, and Bing. Those those three sources, you're you're good. The only thing you have to be careful for, of course, is to make sure that you Barney Fife your offer. 
which means basically um, <laughs> remember that the cops that are controlling all of the traffic, you know, the, the policy departments, yeah, um, they're not going to take the time to do a full thorough investigation. They're going to do a Barney Fife level investigation, which is, whoa, whoa, what? This doesn't work. Shut him down. No, arrest him. You know, and that's pre- pretty much the extent of it. So you have to make sure that your offer, the copy claims, uh, images, everything is compliant to a T and not compliant to what you think is compliant, but compliant to a complete idiot. Yeah. Because that's the, the litmus that the policy departments have to run. Could someone potentially misconstrue your statement of uh, chocolate tastes good as chocolate is the best thing on the planet? You should drink a gallon. You know? Yeah. 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 And uh, I, I think anybody that's been in the internet marketing space for any length of time has gone down that, that road with AdWords, um, particularly with AdWords. I, I think it's a rite of passage. If you haven't lost an AdWords account sometime in your career, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah. And, and so I, I told you, so those three networks. Now, that being said, there's lots of other networks out there that you didn't mention. You know, you get the site scouts and the. the uh, yeah, but why? But I mean, I mean, right. I just want to throw it out there. Why, when you have the three most profitable networks available to you, mm-hmm. why the hell would you go anywhere else? Right? I mean, don't get me wrong. I know about uh, I know about all of them, and I know about you know programmatic media buying, and I know about you know everything, uh, second second level uh, or second tier uh, search engines, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. We have chosen to focus one hundred percent of our effort and energy on making sure that the big three love us. Yeah. And that has that has dramatically changed. When I was spending over a million dollars a month, I had teams of people. Now I have two. Two people buy all my traffic and we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars every single month with two people. Yeah. Don't don't why why fart around with all that other crap? Yeah. When you can get way better return, way better scale, way better data analysis, way better insights but just focusing on three. Right. Okay. Now I'm going to add one more level to that. And sure. uh, where does retargeting come into play? Uh, retargeting is an element of all. So we do retargeting through uh, uh, GDN and through Facebook. I don't do any uh, Bing retargeting. Hell, I don't even know if it exists. But uh, <laughs> Bing is like uh, it's like the it's like the I don't know. Why I don't want to use a derogatory term, but it, you know, it's like the it's that it's that, it's that kid playing playground. You're like, oh, are you still here? <laughs> okay, um, all right. But 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 it, but they can bring this incredibly valuable traffic at a fraction of the cost of the others. Yeah, especially in the financial spaces. Um, being as great for uh, financial uh, traffic, mm. um, but the others are going to bring you all your value. GDN and Facebook are going to bring you. The real algorithm or computer programs that bring you the best customers, you just you can't get any better value for your dollar than those two if you're just starting out. Now, if you're a ninja and you you know obviously hey go crazy with mobile, go crazy with app mobile, um, you know go crazy with whatever you want. Um, but from what I understand, most of your audience probably isn't necessarily already ninja. And if you're already ninja listening to this, I'm preaching to the choir anyway. But if you want value out of this conversation, just stick with the big three, but make sure that your offer isn't going to get you banned. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, so I'm going to take a little bit of a tangent here and let's talk about mobile for a second. Okay. So sure. how are you treating mobile different than you're treating desktop or computer? 
Well, they're they're not even remotely the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to I used to think oh so I went back and forth right and um, and by the way I will flip flop back and forth. That's my job. I'm a professional flip flopper. It's called data <laughs> analysis and date and and moving with the data right. Yeah. Years ago, data said, "Hey, you know what? You could just you could just uh, um, you have to have a different page for each device because mobile has to be WAP and it needs to look like this and all that other crap." And you're like, oh, "Okay, fine, we'll make a different mobile page." And then all of a sudden, everyone went, "Oh, just make it responsive," and then all of a sudden, it'll look great. And then uh, and I was like, "Okay, well, let's just be responsive." Now it's okay. Screw responsive. I want a specific page for this specific uh, device type. And I'm going to make sure that this page is optimized correctly, and there's a split test run just to this device type, so that I make sure my op- my conversion rate across the whole looks good. Um, so we have device. So I have a tablet page, I have a mobile phone page, and we of course have our desktop pages. Mm-hmm. And ideally, what I'd really like is one one device, uh, one page for each device. If my clients don't normally end up wanting to go through that extra effort, because I think that the sales letter. I don't think. Let me rephrase that. I know for a fact the sales letter you're going to write for an Android user is totally different than the sales letter you should be writing for an iPhone user. The mm-hmm. psychology of those two users, based on mountains of data we have, completely different. Oh, God, here's another rabbit hole to go down. How is an Android yeah. user that different than an iPhone user? I mean, I, I get there's a, I think the iPhone user typically is a little bit more affluent. Um, but, but, like, what have you seen? Well, uh, what have I seen? That's kind of an open-ended question. Um, here's the thing: How are they different? They're different in so many ways. If you, if I want, if I want opt-ins, I'm going to target Android. They will give me their data all day long, and they won't hesitate to give me data. If I want bu- them to buy stuff, I'm going to target uh, I- iOS users, and specifically iPad, then iPhone next, uh, because they're going to outconvert every single time. However, the Android operating system, I'm going to get usually 30 to 50% less conversion to a paid customer on an Android than I will on an iPhone. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out an iPhone's going to cost you 200 bucks and Android phone's free. Mm-hmm. There may be a correlation between the income level and purchase behavior patterns that exist for Android users versus uh, iPhone users. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. God, I, I mean, yeah, the amount of uh, – I'd love to just get in your head and get all that data out, but we don't have time on this interview. So, um, <laughs> the okay, so – They'd probably like it too. Yeah. I'll tell you one of the things we covered last week. We went through and did an analysis of a campaign, and we found that our Android users were far more likely to fill out four pages of data – five pages of data? Four or five pages of data, including social security number – to like a factor that was like over a hundred percent increase in conversion rate, um, and the iPhone users nowhere near as close. Like so, they were so much more valuable to us, an Android user, than an iPhone user because I didn't care about a sale. What I wanted was crap loads of data. Yeah, and the I- Android users were elated to just dump all their personal information in. Wow, including social. Bizarre. Right. Yeah, and, and not, I mean, so what? Not, what's the speculation behind magic. that? Like, why? Uh, are we talking marketing or pol- politically correct <laughs> <laughs> terminology? 
Uh, <laughs> speaking wise, they have less money, so they're more likely to. Uh, and that's a general term. Yes, I know you probably know someone who is rich as shit who has an i an yeah, Android yeah. device. Yeah. Yes, and I know that there are lots of technically capable people like myself who own Androids and root them and do all of the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But we are talking. We are marketers, so we have to ter- look in terms of generalities. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking. The majority of iPhone users who have come through our processes uh, are have more uh, purchase behavior on their phone and credit card behavior on their phone than their Android counterparts. And more often, the Android counterpart is more willing to give personally identifiable information is, and is more is less uh, fear based than the Android user, but they don't have the uh, discretionary income necessarily that an Android user might, or excuse me, an iPhone user might. Right, right. Okay, wow. Guys, I hope everybody who's listening is taking notes because, I I mean, this this information that Mike's sharing is stuff that comes with a lot of media buying and a lot of data analysis, and you get to skip that and uh, and leverage what you're hearing here. So now, Mike, we're, we're running out of time. Um, so, and, and that's unfortunate because honestly, I could, I could talk to you all day because this stuff fascinates me. I love the, the, the data side of things. And I think if somebody's going to be successful in media buying, even if you're not a data person, you either need to find a data person to, to work with, or you need to, yeah. you need to become a data person. And, and I mean, what I love today is, is, you know, compared to a decade ago, the tools we have available to us, the info we have available to us to know who people are, to know who's doing yeah. what. I mean, it, it, it's night and day to what it used to be. I mean, if you had to compare media buying today versus, let's say, a decade ago, what would you say are the biggest changes you've seen? The level of insights, as you just described, and the ability for us to, to hyper-target specific individuals is insane. People who say, I tried media buying and it didn't work, are people who aren't really willing to invest the time into their own education to figure out how to make things work. Or they haven't found someone to teach them how to make things work because they're so busy looking at the gurus who are trying to sell them the next thing they should buy instead of scouring Twitter and looking at people who actually eat, breathe, and shit this stuff. Um, that's who they should be talking to, not the people who want to sell them some crap next. Uh, and get their data from other more valuable sources. Dude, the screen I'm looking at right now, I can see that uh, I sent we this this specific page this month has had a hundred and crap. Where'd the number go? Oh, here we go. One hundred two plus twenty. One hundred twenty two thousand clicks this month. That's a lot of clicks, man. Oof. Yeah. And the amount of the way I can we can distill that data down. Like I can now look at it and go, okay. There were 11,000 homepage views on this website, not counting the 120,000 clicks I just was talking about. That's an incredible amount of homepage views. And now I can look at my homepage conversion ratio and say, you know what? People who viewed the homepage converted every – any person who com- looked at the homepage of this website turned into a dollar at a rate of 1.97%. So 1.9% of people who visited the homepage of this specific website I'm looking at right now ended mm-hmm. up giving the company money. So now I can, we can actually measure, did your homepage do a fantastic job of delivering trust and credibility? The insight and analytics alone, but then the, the ability to take those insights and analytics and turn them into an actionable media plan has never been like this ever. Yeah, yeah. And, and my message to, to everybody that's listening is 
you need to if you want to start buying media you need to know this you know if you're if you're one of those few lucky people that are in a niche where there's relatively little competition and you can be lazy and make money well a high five congratulations but in any market where there's competition the person that is doing what mike is talking about here is going to win you're not going to beat them and you know the the moral of the story is is the person that does this and has the ability to as well um, create the most value out of their customers over their lifetime can spend the most on media and when you apply that to what mike's doing here and the ability to outspend your competitors you can't lose so yeah uh, that's it and and, you know, I go back to, you know, whenever I do events and stuff, Mike, you know, everybody always wants to hear about how do I rank in Google? How do I get the free traffic? How do I get this stuff? And yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, I, and like I say to people, look, I, I don't dislike free traffic. Like if I can get a good ranking in Google, high five, right? Um, I'll take right. that free traffic all day long and uh, I'm not going to not try and get it. But, you know, right. I, I compare it to... You know, I compare it to the real estate market. You know, one of the businesses I'm, uh, one of my businesses here, I'm actually in, the, in in a real estate property investing niche. And so when I'm speaking to property investors, I, I compare it to, uh, I compare it like this. So free traffic, sort of like capital or generic growth in real estate, right? Like if the market goes up, you know, we high five. That's fantastic. I love it. But at the end of the day, if you go into real estate and your only goal and plan is to make money by the market going up, well, that's not a reliable, consistent driver, and you can lose your shirt, right? If you want to, if you want to make money in on the internet, you need you need the skill you're talking about, the ability to go out and buy traffic consistently, reliably, and convert it profitably, and then to be able to scale that up. Which in the real estate world, that's like you know being able to manufacture growth. So buying a house, renovating it, applying skills, flipping it, and making money, and so. You know, dude, that's that's why I think this this interview uh, is so valuable, and I hope people are are really listening and, and and taking this to heart, and not running out there and buying the latest, you know, shiny product. Yeah, shi- yeah shiny product. Because I mean that that's not what it's about. It's about yeah. learning, uh, learning data. Data. Data drives sales. That's it. Yeah. That's okay, it. Here's one, one, one last thing I'll, I'll leave with you and, and your listeners. A lot of people tell me, um, you know, people uh, inside of my community and I get messages, Mike, I think that's great, but how am I going to compete against someone who can cash flow three months or four months, right? Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't get to that point. And, and I tell them, you know, dude, wake up, okay? First of all, you can what what would what would a bank need to give you what's called financial receivables or to give you a loan? Well, they'll need data. They'll need a business plan. Well, guess what? As you collect this data and you come back to someone, you can compete against anyone by saying, look, here are my numbers for the last three and a half months. I've spent $1,000 on paid advertising. I've made back $10,000. I'm looking for a $50,000 loan. Here is all of my data. I'm presenting it to you now. Um, here's my paid media campaign. Here's a current cost. I need a $30,000 loan. I need an SBA loan, small business administration loan. Can you please help me to secure this SBA loan with my proven profitability? You have a pretty high likelihood that you're going to have a, a better chance of getting that loan than if you just walked in off the street and said, I'm getting my butt kicked by Walmart. You have to be able to present a plan. Data gives you that plan. Data gives you that ability to go get the money that you need to be able to compete 
in a very fierce world of data-driven, and you probably heard the term before, data-driven analytics or data-driven businesses, you have to know the data. And then mm -hmm. once you have it, you can make the appropriate plan and you can compete. But you can't compete if you want to pretend to be paralyzed or if you want to not take action. So you have to take the action. Yeah. And uh, yeah. What you said. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, got, I got nothing to add to that. I got nothing to add to that. So you know what, dude, now is the time to, to wrap this up. Um, Mike, thank you for sharing so generously and, and yeah. candidly with no ulterior motive. Um, and, and that's what I appreciate about you. So again, Mike, thank you so much for taking part in the show here today. Absolutely, buddy. Thanks for having me. And I hope this has been helpful for you guys. Absolutely. All right, everybody. That was uh, Mike Hill. And oh, Mike, before we go, I forgot to ask, yeah. where can people get more information about you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this we this is your time. We came on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we just before we came on, I, I don't sell anything. Um, and I, I have I, I give everything away. Um, but I've been yelled at like for years because I don't actually have a place for people to opt in for information or news or anything like that. But my, my guy Graham has been telling me, dude, you got to set something up. So he just set up a, a place where you guys can opt in for my inner circle emails where I'll just share all kinds of crap like this with you guys. Um, and that's at Mike Hill. That's my name, Mike Hill. Uh, MikeHill.me. Just go to mykill.me and you'll you'll find an op, either an opt-in page there or some other crap, and then an opt-in link where you can put your email address in. And you know we don't we don't spam, we don't sell your crap. I mean, it's we're we're pretty straightforward. If you want to play and you want to come and learn, we're going to be here to help. If you want excuses, go somewhere else. Uh, if you want data, we're here to help. Fantastic. And your your group, the Internet Marketing Super Friends, you said that has a wait list of about ten thousand people, correct? Yeah, that's, that's a whole other story. Um, I, I have tried, dude, I have tried to say, go here and I'll find a special way to let you in. Dude, it never happens. Yeah. Here's the thing. Go find the website. Go find the group on Facebook. Apply. Uh, and then just, I mean, and sorry, keep your fingers crossed, you know? Yeah. If God willing, the, the, you won't get buried in the, in the flood of requests and somebody will let you in. If it's meant to be, you'll end up in. If it's not meant to be, you know, hey, there it is. Yeah, and guys, I would just do it. Go, go, join on the wait list for Internet Marketing Super Friends. It's a fantastic group of. Uh, it's free too, by the way. Well, yeah, it's free, and, and online entrepreneurs are actually they're actually helping each other, uh, which is really yeah. right, you know, it's not just one big pitch after another pitch. Um, so yeah, it's definitely worth getting on that wait list, even if you're number ten thousand and one. Uh, you know, I'm sure Mike's going to do something with that one day. We'll we'll keep asking. Him I'm going to hire somebody to go through them. I just haven't done it yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got to get on that. Uh, all right, and then uh, MikeHill.me. I'll include those uh, that link in the show notes. And uh, guys, I hope you've taken a lot away from this podcast. I know I have. I've got I've got post-it notes all over my desk here um, with notes and stuff on them. And uh, you know, I, I can't emphasize the value of what you've learned here today and, and not only the value but the mindset of how you approach media buying and once you have the right mindset everything becomes a hell of a lot easier and so that being said guys we're going to wrap this up if you enjoy this podcast head over to itunes give us a rating send me a review and uh, make sure you've subscribed and again entrepreneurignited.com forward slash podcast you will find this published there along with the show notes and links to any of the resources and tools that we mentioned in this episode have a fantastic Fantastic, productive week, and we'll see you in the next episode. You're listening to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast. 
where we aim to simplify online business so you can make more money. 